All right, so this is the live teaching for this month, or I should say recorded teaching as we are on um, kind of a different component now that your girl has gone back to the corporate world. So I'm also doing this on the podcast if it's easier for you to listen, as well as I'm recording it and will be uploading it. Um, so we're going to continue on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I want to say that everything that I suggest to you is that it's a suggestion. So if Maslow's hierarchy of needs does not resonate with you, um, you can find an alternative that does. Why I use Maslow's is because that I find that when we are healing from trauma, when we're trying to grow, when we're trying to stop those naughty habits that don't serve us, it's really, really nice to have some sort of like plug and play um, you know, graphic that we can look at, something where we can say, hey, I overshop or I don't use my body in ways that I am necessarily proud of or, you know, I have an issue with manipulation, I have an issue with lying, I have an issue with um, insecurity, I have an issue with ego. And we can look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and see, oh, you know what? I'm having an issue within my physiological. Ugh. I don't I don't edit and I don't record whether I'm on the podcast or on here, but you know, my physiological needs are not being met, my esteem needs are not being met. So it's kind of a really nice plug and play where it's just an easy go-to, but it's just a suggestion. There are other hierarchy of needs models out there. And if one of those feels better to you, use that one. What I know to be true, whether you're using Maslow's hierarchy of needs or any other hierarchy of needs, is that the thing that continues to kind of like suck about growth is that you will have to do the work for people who didn't do the work. Let's all, let's all groan. Ugh. If you're watching that live, that looked way better than it looked or probably sounded on the podcast. But like that collective groan of like, why? Why do I got to be the motherfucker that's got to do the work? Because these motherfuckers didn't do the work. I'm done doing the work. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And so that's kind of that first hurdle to get over is that, you are likely going to have feelings bubble up, simmer down, bubble up, simmer down. You might even go all full volcano in the middle of the ocean during some of your times of work because it is inherently obnoxious to have to do the work because of other people's deficits that then created deficits in you. And I want to be really raw and open and hold space for that. That's a real emotion. It's a real thing, right? And I'm not going to, you guys hear me say this all the time. I'm not the person that's going to blow smoke up your ass. I'm not going to fairies and butterfly you and go, oh, but if you just put a positive spin on it and you think about the fact that you're going to be the one that is going to be the cycle breaker and how great that is, like, no, nah, homies, it's real tough. It's real tough. And there's a lot of emotions in it. And it sucks to have to do the work to fix trauma that other people created because 
they didn't do their own work, they weren't capable of doing their own work, if they're still alive, they're probably not even doing their own work now and they're still adding to work that you're going to have to do, which is why we have boundaries. Um, so, so that's something that I want to acknowledge up front is that sometimes there is this collective and independent defeatist shoulders in feeling about like, it's hard. It's hard to do the work. It hurts to do the work. It's painful to do the work. It makes me angry to do the work. I get exhausted doing the damn work. Um, I, I have rage when I'm doing the work and then other people aren't doing the work or other people sabotage my work. Again, boundaries. Um, all of that's real and it's completely valid and you are allowed to feel that way. And I want to start with that because when we are digging into how we, you know, kind of use naughty behavior, right? And I use naughty behavior in kind of like a cheeky way. Um, it's really just unserving behavior. When we are in those patterns where we're using unserving behavior to fill a need, it's difficult to pull yourself out of that. But the recognition that has to happen so that you have the growth, so that you really do change that for good, is that you have to understand where it comes from. And that can lead you back into some painful spots of like, and this motherfucker, right? So I'm going to bring up Maslow's graphic so that we have it here. Actually, let me screen share. That'll be a lot easier. Perfect. Okay. So if you're on the podcast, you won't see this, but you can bring up your own copy of, um, of Maslow's hierarchy. So at the bottom, obviously, we have that physiological, right? Breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, and excretion, right? We need to poop. We need to pee. We need to breathe. Um, safety is our next level. We need to have security of our body, our employment, our resources. We need to have, you know, morality in the family. We need to have our health. We need to feel that property is safe. Um, if you listen to the podcast that I put out, you'll actually hear my my own story of having to go through Maslow's hierarchy of needs last month in December when I went through a major shift. And in fact, my... Um, my safety, my love and belonging, my esteem, it was all challenged by, and these motherfuckers. Um, so then we go up to love and belonging, right? We need that friendship, family, sexual intimacy, and then esteem, self-esteem, confidence, achievement, respect of others, respect by others, and then self-actualization, which is morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem solving, lack of prejudice, and acceptance of facts. Of course, these are just some of. Um, these are not all of, just some of. Now, in Maslow's theory, he looks at esteem down. So that would be our physiological safety, love and belonging, and esteem as 
what we would call deficiency needs. So when those are not met, we go into um, what can be either slight or extreme deficiencies. Um, you know, deprivation that causes trauma, that causes, you know, long-standing pain. Because if we have, you know, food insecurity or we have housing insecurity, we don't feel like our body is safe or, in fact, we have learned that our body is not safe. If we don't feel like we have that love and, you know, friendship and family, um, if we don't feel confident, those are things that put us into extreme deficit, whereas the top portion of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization, is actually... Um, what we would call, um, it's more self-empowerment, right? That's the growth process. It's not the deficit, it's the growth. So when we are in self-actualization, it's that we've really tackled all the things on the bottom. That doesn't mean you're doing them perfect, okay? It doesn't mean that you're walking around, you're like, all of my physiological safety, love and belonging and esteem is met. It means you get it. It means that when you feel in lack of finances and you go pull out your credit card to go spend money, oop, I get it. I got it. I caught myself, right? It means that you get it. Um, and so when you get it and when you're processing it and when you're working on it, and when you get to that self-actualization part, which self-actualization can sound like very woo, very spiritual, very like, ooh, that's for Buddhist monks. Dude, know thyself, right? Know thyself. Know thy good things. Know those salty things. Know the sassy things. Know the, oh, not so good things. Know yourself. That's all it means. It's that you know yourself in and out and about, and you take care of all those bits. You don't hate parts of you you just know that some bits of you need a little bit more love than others. Um, so the interesting thing about the hierarchy of needs, and, and this is something that is um, discussed often when it comes to Maslow, is that each individual is different. So while this is on a pyramid, for someone who is... Um, Let's take a creative, right? Someone who is an artist, someone who's really putting their work out there. They they really need that feedback from others. I'm not saying every artist needs feedback from others. A lot of artists do art because they like art. I'm, I'm not talking about those people, okay? Don't come for me, artists. Um, but I'm just trying to put it in a way <laughs> that, that will be understood. So if you are putting yourself out there to gain positive feedback in anything you're doing, that could be more important to you than, you know, if you eat three meals a day. It really could be. So don't take the pyramid as, okay, I got to get these things down before I can get these things down before I can get these things down. You have to find what is most important to you and what makes you function the best within this hierarchy of needs. However, when we are dealing with growth, unserving habits, and unfucking ourselves over, this is the pyramid we're going to look at. Because 
if we are looking at, let's take love and belonging. If you are looking back on your past or something that you're currently doing presently with your body, right? And you're not necessarily proud of it, or you're not using your, your body in a way that you are proud of, right? You are in a space of maybe not feeling very loved, or, you know, you feel like you didn't get love from the family, or you don't feel appreciated by the family. By the way, the people watching me live, or I should say recorded, are having a good time right now, because I'm pulling a little hair out of my eyelash. <laughs> um... But that may cause you to seek love, seek temporary intimacy in a way that actually creates you feeling worse later. Now, boo, if you just out there getting your boo thing on, you do you, right? There's no judgment here. This is specifically for when we are using these habits in a way that actually make us feel worse. We talked about this in the last podcast, right? We want to make sure that we're asking ourselves those four questions, right? What are we trying to fill? What portion of this do we need filled? Are is our is our current intent, right? Let's say that we're having a real bad day, you know, m- our mom yelled at us. She call this a whole bunch of names and then you get on Tinder and you're going to find yourself a little Tinder fella and like have yourself feel, feel good for the moment and, and go prove that you can find someone to love you, right? That's not going to stick long term, right? You're going to have to keep finding yourself some Tinder fellas. And again, if you just like yourself a Tinder fella or a little uh, Cinderella, okay, whoever, you go do you, boo-boo. Um... If you are doing things with your body that don't make you feel good to get temporary relief from pain, then you can look at this and go, okay, yep, I'm, I'm having a real big issue because I don't feel safe within my family, right? That safety level. I don't feel like, you know, my emotions are safe within my family. I don't feel like expressing myself is safe within this family. And then when we jump up to love and belonging, I don't feel like I belong in this family. And so I know that I'm going out and seeking ways that don't serve me to get belonging. This could be masking who you really are and jumping into crowds that you don't really like what they do, who they are, but you're going to you're going to get along to go along, right? You're going to you're going to play the game because people like them and so if you're with them, people like you. And that's what we need to get away from, right? We need to figure out, okay, I have this deficit in my safety and love and belonging. So, what can I do differently? Again, remember, you're going to have to do the work for these motherfuckers who didn't do the work. What do I need to do to cultivate belonging and love? What can I do right now? I will tell you something. Text a friend. Text a a gratitude appreciation. I did this. um, My phone's out there. My other phone. Um, I did this the other day. I have a group chat with two friends who I talk to pretty much on on a daily or every other day basis in some form, right? 
um, either a meme, talking on Instagram, talking um, in our group text, sharing TikToks. We talk all the time. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm really feeling in this space of a lack of appreciation. I'm feeling a sense of disconnect from myself and other people. And I'm not going to sit in that. So I got on my little group text and I sent each one of them what I appreciate about them. I needed to remind myself that I have strong, capable, amazing human beings in my life who have these skill sets that add to the greater good of the world as well as add to the greater good of my life. And switching that from a deficit to a positive changed the whole day, right? Just being able to hear back. It wasn't about me getting something back, but being able to hear back from those people of like, thank you. I needed that. That makes you feel connected. You know what? I wasn't fucking alone today. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's got some shit. Everybody feels low at some time. And recognizing the good, right? When it doesn't feel like it's working out. When things tend to go wrong, looking at what is going right. Not in a toxic positivity bullshit way. I don't play that game. But what has gone right? Um, My start date for my job recently got moved from the 18th to the 24th. At that time, I was like, oh, right. Um, Again, much more fun to watch on the recorded version than to hear on the podcast. Um, I I was a little salty about it. I was a little sassy. And then these things happened where, um, you know, my former boyfriend, who I care about deeply, I, I love, I love this person, um, I got a call um, from the place that he worked and they believed him to be having a stroke. He was actually taken by ambulance to the local hospital. And, um, you know, I was very quickly behind that um, in the ER. And we would go on to find that it was a different diagnosis. And then this, this episode happened again and then yesterday my child had something that needed to be done you know on the 18th and it took all day and so it was one of these beautiful things where it was like you know what if I would have started on the 18th I actually wouldn't have had the opportunity to be there for the people who I love who I care about and be able to do what I desire to do, which is, which is be there and care. So in these moments where, you know, it feels like it's not working out, try to take the pause because it may come a little bit later that the universe will go, Hey, this is why it had to happen. Okay. But in the meantime, right. That like, you know, safety and, um, physiological need for me. I was like, um, 
mama needs to work because we're going to need a place to, to sleep. We need a house. And the safety of like, dude, I need resources. Like, mama needs to be packing these resources away, right? Mama needs to be putting this money in the bank. Mama needs to be doing these things, right? That safety and physiological need was, it was really feeling unfulfilled for me. But what I could do in the meantime is know that I had resources in the bank. Um, I'm someone that I'm always like, there's a million ways to make money, right? Um, I can put a special up. I can go watch someone's dog. I can sell something in my closet. There's always ways to make finances if I was in that position. I'm very lucky that I was not in a position like that. Um, but had I been, I would have gone into my closet or or looked on, you know, care.com. I mentioned that in the podcast. And I would have found a way to meet that need in a way that served me. Instead of going into, you know, a very um, dark place of, you know, um, let's call it an abandonment trigger, right? Oh my gosh, this employer really doesn't want me. They don't like me. They're just trying to find a way to like not have me start work, (laughs) right? All those places that that deep abandonment can cause when we don't have our basic physiological safety and love and belonging met, right? So see where those deficits can come up years later, right? The deficit in my childhood in that hierarchy, right? Basically everything under self-actualization was a deficit. And then this little thing of like, hey, we had to move a start date, um, you know, and, and in all actuality, it was it was on my it was on my part. I had forgot to send some things in. Um, and but that triggered that triggered. You're not wanted. You're not loved. They don't want you. Um, same thing that happened when the whole housing stuff came up, right? They don't want you. They don't care about you. They're only in it for themselves, which, by the way, for these people might not be incorrect. Um, Watching my words on that. Not going to be taken to court for libel or slander. Um, But, I mean, with the housing stuff, these people had a choice. They looked at medical things and they said, "Mm, pocketbook. So, just know that... You know, these things can come up. I am in my practice daily. I walk my walk, which is something that I'm very proud of. Um, You know, I listen to my Abraham Hicks in the morning. I do meditate. I am always in a book. I'm listening to something. I am in my self-corrections. But I want you to get comfortable knowing that just because you're in that place of self-actualization... Where you can call yourself on your own shit doesn't mean your own shit doesn't exist. It just means that you've grabbed tools enough to deal with yourself. Um, It doesn't mean that you're not going to send, you know, snarky text messages or snarky emails or um, call people to the carpet when they need to be called to the carpet. It just means that you are going to have more secure boundaries and you are going to get better and quicker at recognizing what's going to fulfill the need long term versus what's going to fulfill it short term and what's triggering it, right? Is it abandonment that's triggering it? Is it the safety of your body that's triggering it? Is it a lack resource that's triggering it, whether that's finances, food, um, safety, morality, if it's a lack of, you know, esteem, right? Confidence, 
what is triggering it. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do, um, and I, you know, we brought this up previously this month, but I want you to take stock just over the next five days. If five days is too much, go for three. If three is too much and you're like, Heather, I got about four hours in me. Okay. Take four hours. If one hour is all you have in you, take an hour. Okay. But I want you to just acknowledge your thoughts as they come through your head, right? Someone cuts you off while you're driving. What's your immediate thought? Oh, this motherfucker's out to kill me. Ooh, where does that come from? Where does it come from? Someone threatening your safety. Ooh, do I have issues with people threatening my safety? Why is that my immediate thought? Okay, how can I actually feel safe? right? Well, I know I drive a good car. I know I have airbags. I know that I do everything on the road to keep myself safe. And that's all I can do. But I want you to really, really consider your thoughts throughout the day. If someone is inconsiderate or rude, do you think first and foremost, like, damn, they're having a bad day. Let me go take a nap. That's what I would think. I'm like, oof, I don't know what you're going through, but like, yikes. Um, like I hope it gets better. Hope it gets better. Um, but I'll tell you, Heather, like eight years ago, 10 years ago, if someone was rude to me, it wasn't about them being rude. It was about me. There's something wrong with me that they're being rude to me. And like, I don't even deserve respect. Ugh. and you might be there right now. You might be like, yeah, when people talk rudely to me, I, I take it on the head. I, So I want you to just consider how often during the day do you make the things that happen your own fault? Do you make the things that happen, you know, how often is that inner dialogue? And and it's a lot of times that running inner dialogue is very unconscious to us, right? It's not necessarily running in our subconscious because we can, we hear that inner dialogue But how often are we really pausing and stopping ourselves to say like, oh shit, yeah, even even that car that cuts me off on the road and my reaction to it has to do with my safety and security and the fact that that, you know, was, was not always necessarily there as a child. I would also ask, you're gonna hear me ask it all the time, What boundaries need to be put in place? If this is within family members, right? If you have an issue with safety, security, love, respect, and esteem with a family member or multiple family members, and you are continuing to take their calls, you are continuing to be upset by their calls, you are continuing to have to shove your feelings down to just deal with them to deal with them because, well, if I didn't take their call, then they would just you know, when the whole spiral happens. I have so many clients that, you know, there's this whole litany of like, why I can't have a boundary? (laughs) Because they've learned over the years when they were a child and did not have power that putting up a boundary or trying to put up a boundary would result in catastrophic losses right? Whether that loss was loss of friends for a week or a month, whether that loss was the loss of the safety in your body, if you were physically reprimanded for that, 
whether the loss was the loss of confidence and self-esteem, if you were verbally and physically reprimanded for that, right? You experience that there was a loss for protecting yourself. I want to remind everyone listening, because everyone within the Rev um, is a grown-ass adult. You do not have to put up with anybody's shit. I don't care if they're your mama. I don't care if they're your daddy. I don't care if they're your great-grandmommy, okay? You don't have to put up with shit from nobody. Not a single motherfucker has the right to treat you like shit. That is their pattern that they have to deal with. You don't have to deal with that. It's really unfortunate that within our broad society, we feel like children don't have power. Because what we do is we set up this construct where children don't have power so that we parent them to be obedient. And then they go out in the world and and it's very rare that we then tell them, oh, by the way, now you have the power. Because there's still this like respect elders, don't talk back, don't cause waves, all of these societal things to play nice. But in reality, it's just power, manipulation, and, and, a, and a very um, unbalanced sense of power where you feel like you have none and there's always someone above you. We see this translated into work all the time. So I would remind you that you have personal power. You always had it. You couldn't necessarily maybe always, you know, uh, project it in your younger years, but you can project it now. So if you got some dumbass still fucking with your safety and your love and belonging and your esteem, please don't take their calls. Don't take their calls. Don't do that to yourself, right? You might feel like that. Well, I know it's unhealthy for me and it's unserving, right? It's unserving for me to take this call, but I just need to take the call because if I don't, then I'm going to have to deal with two weeks of them calling and hanging up. And then when I finally do answer the phone, then they're just going to rage against the machine at me. Or just don't pick up the phone and they'll get it. Or send them a text message that you are no longer taking their calls if they continue to berate you and be nasty to you. That these are your boundaries and they can no longer talk that way to you. And guess what? They're probably going to push back because people don't like boundaries, especially people who take advantage of them. So whether it's one hour, four hours, one day, or the next four to five days, I want you to think about how in everyday life, right, you might even want to carry a little notebook with you. How these are coming into play for you. What is the running inner dialogue? How much of each one of these are you still dealing with, right? And maybe you need to take it on a structure by structure basis. Maybe you're like, you know what, today, Heather, I'm just going to focus on the physiological. So I'm going to catch my thoughts about, you know, breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, excretion. Now, let's talk about excretion because 
there might be people out there who go, why would people be wondering about like going to the bathroom? I have worked in an ER situation where myself and other um, people within the hospital have gotten UTIs because we were standing in surgery for eight hours and could not leave and could not pee. Or we would dehydrate ourselves, right? Water is life. We would dehydrate ourselves knowing we weren't going to be able to get out of surgery. We would not eat sometimes for 14 hours. It then wrecks your sleep when you're dehydrated and you don't eat. Um, So, you know, that is a huge part of it. When you feel like those human rights of just being able to drink water, eat food, and go to the bathroom are stripped away from you. And a lot of times this happens in school as well. So just catch your thoughts. And maybe that's going to be the easiest way for you is that, you know, whatever day you're listening to this on, that you're going to catch your physiological responses that come through. And maybe the next day it's going to be safety. And maybe the next day it's going to be love and belonging until you get through um, up to esteem. But I want you to catch your thoughts because we're going to do a catch up the last week of this month and really talk about, damn, like what's that inner dialogue saying? How many thoughts a day do you actually have that are triggering those little responses in you, right? If you have an inner dialogue running that maybe you're not paying attention to, but it's like, ah, oh, running, running, running. Then when someone in your presence comes to you and triggers that when it's been running all day, that reaction is going to be real rough. So that is what I would like you to do. So we're going to stop this teaching here. We're going to follow up with it next week. If you have any questions about the hierarchy of needs, if you have any questions on, you know, where your triggers are falling or your behaviors are falling, reach out. Out. I would love to discuss them personally with you. I am still here. I know my hours have changed. I know the dynamics have changed. I am still here. So we're going to end it here. I'm going to go ahead and pop off on the podcast. Bye podcast.